0: So First Chronicles chapter number 29. First Chronicles 29. If you weren't aware, in a few days we'll celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday. Were, were you aware of that? Brother Cusick said they're going out of town tomorrow and going all the way to Virginia. I said that's a long way to go just to eat some turkey. In a few days we'll celebrate Thanksgiving and our minds often are filled quickly with thoughts of turkey, thoughts of all the fixins. For many, uh, Thanksgiving's a day of food and football and maybe for some it's a day of planning for a Friday filled with Christmas shopping. Maybe it's you've just planned for your Thanksgiving to be a quiet day with no plans but just catching up on some needed rest. But in all the activity and busyness of the holiday, my question for us today is, will we fail to remember what the holiday is all about? And wait, should not an attitude of gratitude be our everyday ambition, not just a one-day activity? This morning, I want to preach a message to you with this title, Truths for Living in Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving truths for living in thanksgiving look with me 1 chronicles 29 verse number 10 first chronicles 29 verse number 10 the bible says wherefore david blessed the lord before all the congregation and david said blessed be thou lord god of israel our father forever and ever thine o lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory And the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee and thou reignest over all and in thine hand is power and might and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. I want us to see this morning some truths for living in thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, this morning we come to you so thankful, Lord, for who you are, for all that you have done for what you continue to do and have promised to do. Lord, thank you that we have the privilege to gather here together in this place. Some, Lord, have been uh, under the weather, not able to come for some time and have been missing. And Lord, they wanted to be back and today they have that opportunity. And I thank you for that. I thank you for each and every one that's here today, both in the building and watching by way of live stream. Lord, we We love you and we thank you for who you are, for all you've done. And I pray today that as we look into your word, that you would stir that gratitude within our hearts, that it would truly be an everyday activity for us to give thanks. Lord, you've been so good to us far better than we could ever deserve, and we so thank you for that. And I pray if there's one here without Christ today, Lord, that they would understand uh, that they are uh, a sinner And I pray that they would understand that you loved them so much you provided a Savior and a way of salvation if they'd just trust you by faith. And I pray that they'd be saved today. For the one that may be here saved and uh, just having a hard time with life in the moment, I pray that you'd help us with this matter of seeing the good in this life and giving you thanks. Lord, we love you. We pray that you bless our time now. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we see David, he's the king, he's nearing the end of his life, and he gathers all the people together, and he has this wonderful stuff to say about God. And that triggered a question as I was reading through this. Why was David so intent on praising, blessing, and giving thanks to the Lord? Well, you can quickly look in verses 11 and 12 where you'll find that David tells us that God holds all power and preeminence. He says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. He says, Thou art exalted as head above all. Thou reignest over all and in Thy hand is power and might. So God He holds all uh, power, He holds all preeminence. But in verse eleven David also tells us that everything belongs to God. He says, For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. And in verse 12, David tells us that great things come from God. He says, riches and honor come of thee. In thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. And in verse 13, David tells us to thank and praise God because He is worthy. Now wait a minute not just for what He does, but for who He is. He says, God, we thank Thee and praise Thy glorious name. Notice He didn't say we praise Thy glorious works. He said we praise Thy glorious name. God, You alone are worthy. It's not good job, God. It's how great Thou art. That's the heart of David as, he, as he's speaking now to the Lord in the presence of these people. Now, as we get to verse 14, David asks a wonderful question. Who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer, watch, so willingly? You realize today that we can give God, you and I, can give God nothing but what He's already given to us first. Verse 14, all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. Now we don't give thanks to receive praise. We give thanks to freely and fully embrace the privilege to offer back to God what He has already so graciously provided to us. It's for His honor and it's for His glory. He is worthy. He alone is worthy all the time and at all times He's worthy. See, it's not hard to live thankful You say, yes it is, preacher. Let me finish. It's not hard to, I didn't say I was an expert at this. Let me finish. It's, let me finish. It's, (laughs) it is not hard to live thankful when you have a heart to be thankful. Look at verse 17. Verse 17. I know also, my God, that Thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now have I seen with joy Thy people, which are present here to offer willingly unto Thee. So this morning, I want to give us some truths of how you and I can live in thanksgiving some things for which we should truly be thankful. Number 1 this morning is this. Be thankful for God's good mercy. Be thankful for God's good mercy. Earlier in this book, in 1st Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 34, the Bible says, "O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good; for his mercy endureth forever." The phrase, his mercy endureth forever, is used 41 times in the Old Testament. In 1 Chronicles, we find it twice. In 2 Chronicles, we find it four times. In Ezra, we find it one time. In Psalms, we find it 32 times. And in Jeremiah, we find it one time. In fact, Turn with me, hold your place here, and we'll come back to 1 Chronicles 29 in just a moment. But hold your place and turn to Psalm 136. Psalm 136. I want you to see this. You're probably aware of it, but it's good for us to be reminded today. Psalm 136. Now there are 26 verses in Psalm 136, but I want you to see this. Psalm 136. You're still turning. It's in the Old Testament. Psalm 136. In 26 verses, that phrase appears in every single verse. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for His mercy endureth forever. Hey, we can be thankful for God's good mercy. You would understand with me today, mercy is not getting what we rightly deserve. That's mercy. Mercy. Maybe you had an older sibling, and during your childhood, they would hold you down, or they would twist your arm, or they would pull your hair, or whatever the case may be, until you cried for mercy. Now that's really not true, because you didn't deserve any of that junk in the first place. You should have told them, one day you'll be old. And I'll still be younger than you. (laughs) Then you gotta remember, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. (laughs) Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him who alone doeth great wonders, for His mercy endureth forever. I tell you what, I'm going to keep reading the first part and you read the second part of the verse with me as we go. Psalm 136, verse 5, To Him that by wisdom made the heavens, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for His mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn. Whoa, 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 time out. Did you catch that? (laughs) That doesn't seem very merciful, does it? But God showed great mercy in giving opportunity upon opportunity upon opportunity for those Egyptians to turn to God and trust Him. And they over and over and over refused. So God stepped in and intervened. But guess what? His mercy still endures. For Are you getting the idea here, friends? His mercy endures forever. Now think about it with me. We just read that verse about the Egyptians. What do you and I deserve? Mercy is not getting what we rightly deserve. So what do we deserve? Oh, I deserve a big house and a fine car and a sumptuous food and a huge bank account and great health. No, friend, what we deserve is death and eternal separation and condemnation from God because of our sin. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 this is not good news it says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and in Romans 6:23 goes on to say for the wages of sin what you're due as payment is death the wages of sin is death and Romans 5:12 wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men why for that all have Sin. Well, that's what we deserve. It's death. You say, well, where does God's mercy show up? Well, second Peter chapter three and verse nine, the Lord's not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That doesn't mean that all will come, but God's hope and God's design and God's plan is that there's mercy available for all. If you just come and receive it, just come and receive it. Thankful for God's good mercy. Well, that leads us into number two. Thankful for God's saving grace. Oh, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch, like my nephew used to say, a wrench like me. That's what he thought it said, a wrench. He needed to cleanse his hands. He was a filthy sinner. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch, a sinful, worthless nothing like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now am found. Who found me? God did. God did when the Savior reached down for me. I'm glad the hand of God hasn't been shortened and He can still reach down and save sinners in this day. The blood has not lost its power. I'm thankful for God's saving Grace, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you, given you, given you by Jesus Christ. Mercy is not receiving what we deserve. Grace is receiving what we don't deserve. They work together. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, the Bible says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5, But God who is rich in mercy. Amen. ooh, We just talked about that. For His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. And then in parentheses, He says, By grace ye are saved. Oh, friends, without the mercy... And the grace of God, we would have no hope. Why do you think this world lives in such darkness and such hopelessness? It's because they need to have that salvation encounter with the mercy and grace of an almighty God. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That all should receive His mercy and His grace. Thank God for His good mercy and His saving grace. Number three. say, how am I going to live in thanksgiving? Well, you're going to remember God's good mercy. And you're going to remember God's saving grace. But number three is this. You're going to be thankful for God's offered gift. You know, mercy and grace don't mean much if they're not given to you. Mercy and grace don't mean much if they're not offered to you. Mercy and grace don't mean much if they're not available to you. Mercy and grace don't mean much if they're not received by you. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. You know it, Brother Cusick. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. You say, ooh, does that mean we're not supposed to talk about it? It's like a secret sister giveaway. No. (laughs) It's Christmas time. I figured I'd, you know, coming up. So thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What Paul is saying is this. God's gift is so great. There are not enough words to adequately describe it. I don't know why God would love a sinner like me. I don't know why God would choose to extend His mercy and grace to me. I don't know why God would offer me that free gift, but I'm glad He did. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And the longer I serve Him, the sweeter. He grows. What would you sing, Brother Cusick? Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus I love Him more and more. Why? Because God is good. And His mercy endureth forever. Can I help you this morning? A gift is something that is fully paid for. It's been faithfully prepared and freely given, but it must be willingly received. See, I could come up to you today and say, Hey, I got the keys right here to a brand new 2024 Ferrari whatever. I got the keys, and I got them for you to give them to you as a gift. Now, when you open the car, right in the driver's seat is the payment book. (laughs) I got it for you because I I care about you so much, but you got to pay for it. You'd say, that ain't no gift. (laughs) Thanks. You can say, you should have left that unspeakable. You could have kept that to yourself. I don't need that. No. A gift, a true gift, is already fully paid for. It's already been faithfully prepared. It's already been freely given, but it must be willingly received. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, I helped you with that about a gift, but let me help you with this. A gift does you absolutely no good if you don't claim it. A gift does you no good if you don't receive it, if you don't open it up and use it. Mm -hmm. I could put here a big old box. Gift wrapped with a ribbon, put your name on it and say, this is for you. It's been fully paid for. It's been faithfully prepared. It's been presented to you and it's free. All you have to do is take it. That gift is no gift to you if you leave it right there. That's no gift to you if you leave it right there. You got to take it. Miss Jean, a while back, she brought me a gift. It was a little Ziploc sandwich bag. That, that was the wrapper. On the inside were her homemade Clark bars and some chocolate turtles and some other chocolate something or others. I, I ate them so fast I didn't even see what it was. You know, like a dog when you give him chunks of hot dog, you know, you throw them at him and oh, 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 oh. I'll taste it later. I'm just eating it now. And And she gave me that. And I want you to know I willingly received it. And I willingly partook of it. And it benefited me greatly. You say, not around your waistline, but on my smile line, it benefited me greatly. You know, that would have done no good if I would just thrown it on my desk and let it rot. She went through all that time and effort to make that for me. The least I could do was eat it while it was still fresh. The least. What? You didn't tell me I had to. You said it was for me. No, it was my gift. So I had it for me. I tasted and saw that it was good and you can just trust me. A gift does you no good if you don't claim it. And it's no longer a gift if you have to work for it or if you have to pay for it. Right. Now you know, and please don't jump up and start testifying this morning, but you have uh, in your life encountered someone who gave you a gift. And that string attached meant there were some expectations in return. That was not a gift. That, my friends, is called a snare. That, my friends, is called a trap. A gift is a gift if you claim it. And it's a gift that's supposed to be freely given. That's what qualifies it as a gift. No strings attached. Romans chapter 5 and verse 15 You say, why would God save me if I don't have to do anything for it? No, that's why it's a free gift. You just claim what He's already done. Jesus said, it is finished. It's been fully paid for. It's been faithfully prepared. It's been freely presented to you. And all you have to do is willingly... Man, I I don't know about you, but that really rings the joy bells in my heart to realize all that God went through on my behalf to give me something that I didn't deserve to keep me from something that I did deserve. Romans chapter 5 and verse 15, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. I didn't make this up. It's in the Word of God. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. It is a free gift. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. You don't have to pay for it because Jesus paid it all. You don't have to work for it because the work's been finished. You just receive the gift. You say, well, what's in that gift? Mercy that you don't deserve. And grace that you don't deserve either. Thankful for God's good mercy. Mercy. Thankful for God's saving grace. Thankful for God's offered gift. Let me give you number four. Thankful for God's true holiness. This will sink in on you in a minute. Thankful for God's true holiness. You know one of the things I'm so thankful for? He said, I am God. I change not. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that... If you're here this morning and saved, you got saved the exact same way that I got saved, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, you may have prayed a little different. You may have uh, got saved in a different place. You may have got saved in a different time. But you got saved the same way because there's only one way and His name is Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for God's true holiness. First Chronicles 16, verse 35, And say ye... Save us, O God, of our salvation and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen that we may give thanks to Thy holy name and glory in Thy praise. See, holy is not just what God does. It's who He is. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, in verses 1 through 3, actually, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. You know, that's a seraphim, not an angel. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Well, not only does it say that in Isaiah chapter 6, but in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. Revelation 4 in verse 8, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about Him. Oh, wait a minute. It's seraphims. How many are there? Four. They had six wings about Him. They were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is, And is to come. Can I encourage you today? What the seraphim do without pause, without rest. We ought also do. Psalm 30 and verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. What these seraphim say, we have the privilege to sing. Thanks be to God, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Psalm 97 and verse 12. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Can I tell you today, God has always been and will always be holy, holy. Holy, holy, without fail, without exception, without pause. And when we stop to remember His holiness, you say, how can God save a wretched sinner? Because of His holiness. And in His holiness, He met the righteous demands of His holiness and offered that free salvation to you and to me. You say, I don't know, preacher, I'm still not thankful. Well, I got one more thing to kick you in the seat of the pants with <laughs> see it if you were listening this morning. number five, how are we going to live in thanksgiving? Number five, thankful for god 's promised victory Amen. thankful for god 's promised Victory. Now, please don't come up to me after the service and say, Preacher, we got more than these five things to be thankful for. I know! But I don't want to be stoned standing between you and lunch. So I'm giving you these five. It's a good start for you to take all the other ones and keep on going. Amen. Number five, thankful for God's promised victory. First Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God. Wait a minute. But thanks be to God. Why? Who Which giveth us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. You understand this morning, friends, through Christ, mercy, grace, and love are demonstrated, and salvation is offered, and holiness is witnessed, and victory is promised. Second Corinthians chapter two and verse fourteen. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. That is why we say taste and see that the Lord is good. Why? Because he is. Because through him we have victory. John 16 and verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Well, that stinks, doesn't it? Certainly it does. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. First John chapter 4 and verse 4. Ye are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Truths for living in thanksgiving. Be thankful for God's good mercy. Be thankful for God's saving grace. Be thankful for God's offered gift. Be thankful for God's true holiness. Be thankful for God's promised victory. We should be a thankful people. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. There are many people who say to me, who have asked me from time to time, Preacher, what is the will of God for my life? Let me help you. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything give thanks. Wait, in everything. Now do you understand why we're going to need God's help? Man, it's hard to give God thanks in everything, isn't it? Well, we give Him thanks real quick for the good things, but in bad things, not so much. We'll have a little harder time there if we give Him thanks at all. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What's God's will? That we should be a thankful people. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll just be transparent with you. I struggle with that. have a hard time with that. That's a convicting, convicting thought. You know, I have a hard time when they leave my french fries out of the bag at the restaurant. I have a hard time when I get a drink and they don't give me a straw. I have a hard time when they forget my sauce to dip my chicken nuggets in. I have a hard time giving thanks. And you could fill in the blank there. Hard time giving thanks when my health isn't what I think it should be. For a hard time giving thanks when my finances aren't what I think they should be. For a hard time giving thanks when my home isn't what I think my home should be or my job isn't what I think my job should be. For a hard time giving thanks when God isn't doing what I think He should do. You know as well as I do, we struggle with those things. That's why it's gonna cost you something to give thanks. You say really? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Hebrews 13:15. The Bible says by him, by Christ, let uh, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Preacher really? Yeah. Yeah, look, I have just a hard as hard a time with that as you do. Thank God I got a flat tire. Thank God I lost my job. Thank God somebody stole all the money out of my bank account. Thank God I'm fat. <laughs> well, that one I do. I, I guess I do. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that one. I got that one down. See, you were thankful you didn't even know it. (laughs) When we stop and consider God, who He is, what He's done, what He continues to do, oh, it should stir within our hearts the willingness to live in thanksgiving. Now, like I said, I'll be honest with you today, I struggle with this. So don't, please don't leave out of here and say, well, preacher told me that He's perfect. And then, no, I am not. Not even close. But, oh, He's worthy of me being that way all the time. Why? Because all that is in the heaven and all that is in the earth are Thine. When it comes to thanksgiving... Are you faithful or forgetful? Psalm 79 verse 13. Don't shut your Bible because we're going to look at one more verse in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 here in just a moment. Psalm 79 verse 13. So we thy people and sheep of thy pasture will give thee thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. Can I ask you, what does the fruit of your lips tell the coming generation? Does it say I'm thankful in all things and I'm thankful because God is still God and God is still good and God has a gift for all to receive? But we spend our time murmuring and complaining. I'd be the first to say, oh me. But can I encourage you today? Why not live in thanksgiving today? And every day, look back with me at First Chronicles 29 again, verse number 20, verse number 20. And David said to all the congregation, this is after he stood and praised God. David said to all the congregation, now bless the Lord your God. And all the congregation blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed down their heads and worshiped the Lord. close this morning with this. As we come to another time of invitation, could I encourage you to let the thanksgiving of your heart move your feet to where you'd take that step, you'd kneel humbly before God and just pour out your heart in thanks to Him again today. He is worthy. Let's bow our heads, we'll pray.